0: Thank you for tuning into the Dynasty Football Podcast on thedynastysite.com, the site where we scout and analyze both short-term and long-term value for all the NFL prospects. Check out the Dynasty Site for articles giving you in-season Dynasty Fantasy Football advice, rankings, scouting reports, and much more. But what you all have been waiting for—your hosts of the Dynasty Football Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Back with another episode podcast, of the Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm Nathan Castaneda. Joined by my fellow co-host Dan Morris, week one—the first week of the playoffs—in the books. Dan, how how did you how did you take it? What did you think?
1: I I I got lucky. I survived uh, one of my matchups. I hope everyone out there uh, also advanced. It's, It's never a good feeling, Nate, to know your season is over.
0: Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, I I had to do one of those. I had a scenario where I needed to win. I needed a guy to lose, and I needed to outscore. The loser by 30. I outscored him by 18. I missed the playoffs by 12 points I got the win. He got the loss, and I just didn't get enough and the problem was Drew Brees Was a big hit that I just you know, you normally get more looks and if you look across the board uh, last week, there was plenty plenty of superstars consistent players throughout the year that just laid uh, laid an egg whether it be for um, there's some injuries that hit last week, uh, some tough matchups. I thought there was going to be more cold. weather. I was talking the cold weather, and that really didn't uh, happen. But let me. I'm trying to think of some guys here. Uh, Philip Rivers downplayed a little bit. Drew Brees, like I brought up, Melvin Gordon got the injury. Um, we we know obviously Derek Carr in the Thursday night game of last week. Oh man, I know there was just plenty of guys. Matt Forte got hurt; that one was tough. Uh, Mike Evans had a down game. Allen Robinson had a down game. Trying to this, there's a lot of guys that disappointed last week, first round of playoffs, which is always tough, uh, especially from the quarterback position. We're going to get into that here in a minute. Uh, Dan, I actually got some headlines and some little nuggets to kind of bounce off you today, so we're going to talk about those. Uh, Before that, go ahead and give us. Follow on Twitter, Dynasty Site Dan, Dynasty Site Nate. Check out the Dynasty Football podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the And Dan, the big news of the week: after tying the NFL record for most career losses from a head coach, uh, Jeff Fisher gets fired. You're fired as the LA Rams uh, head coach. He's done uh, they're going to be looking for a new new, new guy next year to lead the LA Rams and possibly a new GM, Les Snead. Uh, his future is also in, uncertain. All this stated by Kevin uh, Demoff, I think. He's the vice president of football operations for the Rams. What do you think, Dan? Correct thing to do, I think. We've talked enough uh, smack about Jeff Fisher.
1: Yeah, absolutely was the right move. Everyone in the world can see that was the right move. But what a PR nightmare for the Rams. Uh, they a few weeks ago they just announced uh, an extension for Jeff Fisher. Uh, maybe the outcry was so uh, came in such uh, large numbers that they realized uh, that they made a huge mistake. Uh, I know the, the the extension actually came before the season. They just announced it late, but uh, they're already starting off on the wrong foot there in LA with the Rams.
0: Yeah, let, let's just have a little fun. I mean, we got a head coaching spot gig opened up. Uh, they, the got obviously Todd Gurley, who came out with some middle school offensive comments after last week's uh, loss. Debacle. Yeah, debacle. <laughs> uh, they do also have a number of last year's number one overall pick, uh, Jared Goff at quarterback. A few other talented guys, wide receivers. You know, they drafted last year Tavon's still on the team, Kenny Britt, Brian Quick. Your first thought would be offensive-minded guy, but the Kevin uh, DeMoff came out and said that no You know, they are not ruling out defensive coaches. What's uh, the pipe dream here for LA? What's something feasible? Uh, Harbaugh has been brought up uh, leaving Michigan coming back to the NFL ranks That would obviously would be something good Uh, Jim Schwartz Playing you know, coaching a good defense over there. Detroit Lions defense, uh, what's uh
1: Terrell Austin?
0: Yeah, Terrell Austin's a good little defense. Jim Ball mind. Cooter,
1: throw me that, throw me that.
0: <laughs> yeah, even uh you got Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, probably due for another gig at a head coaching, you know, chance. David Shaw, maybe college. Stanford, right down the road. Pete Carroll
1: was rumored. I guess he's already shot those down, but Pete Carroll was uh, rumored. In
0: the- oh, he, he's not going anywhere. But what's what's the pipe dream here? What would you do if you had the the ability to pick the head coach here for the Rams?
1: Well, I would I would turn back the clock, fire Jeff Fisher last year, and then get Adam Gaze on board, <laughs> like the Dolphins did. Uh, unfortunately, they missed the the boat on that one. I agree. You have to go offensive minded coach here. Uh, Josh McDaniels seems like the only guy uh the, like the the top offensive mind out there but uh Nate this guy might have his uh pick of the litter so to speak once coach, all the coaching jobs open up and remember you cannot even negotiate with the coach until the team's eliminated from the playoffs we we figure the Pats are going to go pretty far in these playoffs so it might take a while for the Rams to find that replacement especially if they want McDaniels
0: You say an offense, McDaniel's. Uh, Yeah, I think. I mean, come on, you know McDaniel's is the guy. I mean, if the Colts ever get rid of Pagano, I would definitely be looking for some uh, Josh McDaniel's love there. Uh, We got uh, some more some new. I I like that. Some more news coming out the London games, as we we know the Jags are going to be in London for the next few years. But they did come out with a few of the games in the upcoming season. The Rams will be one of them. But we also we have in Weeks 3 and Week 4, uh, the schedule hasn't quite been set yet, but we'll know that we'll even see the Ravens and the Jags. Ravens versus the Jags, and the Saints versus the Dolphins in Weeks 3 or Week 4. And then later in the season, we'll have the Vikings versus the Browns and the Arizona Cardinals versus the Rams. What's the marquee matchup for London here, Dan? Which, which one are we getting excited one, about? If
1: you're from London, it's got to be the Jags game, right? I mean that seems like the team of London now. They've been over there every single year. Ravens, uh, Ravens is a good Ra- opponent Ravens for them to the see. Things. Maybe maybe uh by the end uh, Bordels can turn a uh get his career off to the you know the right start like he had going last year. Um but yeah, not a lot of time market uh, matchups or maybe Saints Dolphins. Yeah, again
0: again uh, uh, Drew Brees over there yeah. uh if t- we'll see uh, I guess I might as well just dive right in. Now, there've been some injuries. I don't know how much we're gonna talk about it, but uh, Ryan Tannehill, if he's back by next year. By that time, good and healthy. He
1: might be back in a couple games. Dave, That's what, the, what they what the say. It's a
0: sprain. Everything. Uh, I, I mean, I, yeah. I guess we'll see if they're gonna put him through all that. Maybe if they put the red jersey on him in the games, they won't. The they defense, won't tackle him. Defense won't tackle. <laughs> That's possible. Uh, some more things going on in the NFL world right now. Uh, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl voting. Pro Bowl, uh, everything. One thing I wanted to bring up, maybe the you see the skills challenge they have a Pro Bowl skills challenge this year. They haven't had that before, correct? Uh,
1: maybe I. Not that I can remember. I know they used to do something like this, but I don't know if it was part of the 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 whole Pro Bowl experience.
0: Yeah, so I got the what they are going to do. Uh, I got four little skills challenges here. Uh, they they needed to spice up the Pro Bowl. You know the ratings have been gone down. Well the ratings are down on the whole NFL this year. So they're they're trying some stuff. Why not? You know do what you got to do. But our competitions include which I don't remember. I think it's the first time this year that they got a dodgeball Pro Bowl little dodgeball game AFC versus NFC. Uh, they got a relay challenge. Uh, Four-team member race And a timed relay race A passing, a mm-hmm. precision passing challenge Two players on each team battling it out And they have a best hands uh, Quarterback, wide receiver uh, duo That will show off their skills You know, how many passing attempts possible Before time runs out Probably different point areas I don't know, we'll see how it goes on But does this sound fun to you? Where's the wheelbarrow race? Where's the
1: <laughs> potato sack race? Where's the... Uh The egg. uh, What's the one where you hold the egg on the spoon?
0: I Uh, know what you're talking about. Where's that one at? In your mouth. Isn't it in your mouth? You hold the spoon in your mouth with an egg on it? I don't know about that. You're on a tightrope?
1: That's like uh, the settings are set on
0: difficult right there. (laughs) (laughs) You got to rub your belly and pat your head.
1: Wow. I I guess I should have read this article, but I just kind of browsed over the headline. Um...
0: Neat, dude. Neat. We're going to have like a little relay race. Who's your captains for AFC and NFC? Dodgeball? Dodgeball. We're going to have a dodgeball? Who's the captains? Who's got an absolute cannon? Oh, it's um, Cam. <laughs> Cam.
1: I don't know if he's going to hit anyone, but he's going to throw it hard. I, I guarantee he's going to throw it off his back foot. Yeah. Air mail him. Yeah, you got to get Cam as one of the captains. Yeah. But he's a big target. He is. How about we go with Russell? He's little. And got a pretty decent arm. much shifty. We need someone quick and shifty. Patrick Peterson, I know he likes to be in those quarterback. I mean, Challenges. Type things. So he's throwing a dodgeball. I think Patrick Peterson's got to be on one of those teams.
0: Yeah. There's two NFC guys. We got an AFC. I Who's feel coming? like I feel like T-Sizzle would just be a good one to have on here. Suggs. Just, I feel like Suggs can. Just, he just, just for rallying the troops, maybe. Yeah, just the sheer factor. I bet he could throw the ball hard. It's dodgeball here. How about, okay, precision passing. If you got to pick two AFC, NFC quarterbacks. uh, I like Mariota, honestly. I think he's uh, probably going to be a pro bowler this year. Titans, I think he'd be a good AFC candidate. Maybe a little Drew Brees in there for the NFC side of the ball. Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins, I feel like he's got some. uh... At least deserves a mention to get in there to showcase his skills. I wonder if something like guys that are in contract years, like they're looking for a new deal, could show off in these precision <laughs> passing and be like, hey, did you see that? Did you uh, see that in the Pro Bowl? A
1: couple extra mil.
0: Yeah, right. Okay, that, well, that, I think that's fun. That'll add a new element to the Pro Bowl this year. Maybe I will check it out, you know, for a change. Uh, we got a few teams looking at the a- a- NFL going on after this week. Eliminated from the playoff hunt, uh, as we obviously know, the Browns. Uh, but San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, Jacksonville, New York Giants or New York Jets, excuse me, all eliminated from the playoffs are bottom six teams right there. Dan, 49ers, Rams, Chicago Browns, Jacksonville Jets. Which is mo- most surprising to you?
1: At the bottom, probably the Jets. I mean, they're coming off of uh, what was it, ten and six last year? Uh, good season, barely missed the playoffs, and they just laid it a complete egg this year. Uh, I think
0: uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick missing all that early. I mean, there's there's guys like Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, you know, you name it. They can miss a little training camp, little preseason action, but guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick simply need the chemistry, the practice time, getting in shape. I think, personally, I think that's what bit him in the butt uh I we're leaning towards the end of the season Dan I just give me your thoughts on who who's the best team in the NFL right now Well we're going to we're going to do a top 5 but I mean the, the
1: Patriots are right there obviously I mean they're the popular
0: choice Monday night what's on everyone's mind and doing what the Patriots do against the top end Ravens defense honestly the Ravens the special teams blunders by the Patriots is what's kept the Ravens in it, but yeah, the Patriots look good. Dallas lost their second loss of the season to the Giants, uh, but they're both eleven and two. Patriots, Dallas, uh, Oakland's up there. Kansas City though beat Oakland. Yeah, Kansas City's the one
1: I was gonna say. I really like some of the wins they've had. Um, they beat Atlanta and Atlanta. they beat Oakland twice, Nate, and they beat Denver um, on the road. You know, I mean, those are pretty four solid wins right there. I like with their their defense bring with Justin Houston back. Uh, Jamal Charles might make it back here shortly. Uh, that would only help that run game. And Alex Smith's playing solid.
0: You know, even if Kansas City isn't the number one uh, ranked power ranked team, whatever right now, you know who deserves to be the number one ranked coach? Andy Reid. Guy's done a phenomenal job, especially losing uh, Jamal Charles, like you brought up Justin Houston on the defensive side of the ball. Jeremy Macklin at times. And they're still winning games. They're still playing high-quality football, getting it done. Uh, Dan, I think we can both agree the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Raiders are top five in the NFL. I want you to pick me my, our fifth team. That's a little tougher. The top four is pretty easy there. Even picking a number one, you can make a case for relatively any of them. Well, wait a minute. Who's your four then? You got Obviously, you're going to have um, the Patriots, the Patriots, Dallas, Kansas City, Kansas City, and I got the Raiders. Raiders as a top five as a top five ball club. They still got one of the top records in the NFL. Uh, did lose to the Chiefs, but we think the Chiefs are that good. So pick pick me a fifteen. Pick me a fifteen.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's got to be the Seahawks. I mean, they bad loss to the Packers this weekend. Terrible loss. Saw but one to it, the Bucks. Yeah, but that one game that's gonna di- dictate. We all know they're a good, really, really good team. I mean, honestly, I would probably take the Raiders out of this, and I would put the Lions and the Seahawks in this in this equation right here.
0: Yeah, I guess that's not a that's not a bad one here. Uh, so Lions and Seahawks, you guys, those right, those are the two what's outside. The, what's
1: the Raiders' signature win this year?
0: Oh, they 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 keep winning, you know. I mean, I
1: like the road wins. Early, they beat Tampa in overtime uh, earlier in the year when I think Tampa Bay um, isn't as good as they are now, but it, it, nonetheless, it is a good win. Um, maybe Baltimore on the road. I remember that was a last-minute touchdown, I think, to Crabtree. But I don't see a ton of signature wins. They, they, they lost to Atlanta at home earlier in this season. Um, they've lost to KC twice. Uh, they did beat Denver. They did uh, beat Denver pretty badly. But other than that, I don't see a ton of, of, of great wins on this, this team's uh, schedule.
0: Yeah, uh, I like Lions and Seahawks. Seahawks are a little, uh, definitely some question marks. Talked about it last week. I think what's bigger than um, people, uh, Seahawks, you know, front uh, just their team would like to admit. losing Earl Thomas. You know, phenomenal player. And we'll see if they can continue by playoff time. I do think they're a playoff team, but by playoff time. Are they, do they got the division locked up, basically? If they would have won,
1: they would have won the division. So I'm pretty sure they can lock it up this week. If they win uh, Thursday night.
0: Yeah, they got the Thursday night in this matchup. But let's jump into week 13. Uh, ever so um, unproductive. And we're going to see some more names uh, appear and disappear as 14. we go on. 14. Week 14. What did I say, 13? Yeah. Excuse me, week 14, first week of the playoffs. Uh, already brought up the Raiders-Chiefs game in our last podcast. So we're going to jump on over to the Steelers and Ooh. Bills, which I talked about weather. And this, I think, was the only really game I saw – much snow in on the field at all but it was the Le'Veon Bell show (laughs) Um, as it's been for the past handful of weeks he's on an absolute tear Um, talking even back to the beginning of of the season redraft this guy was suspended Uh, he kind of slipped out of round one in most leagues and I'll tell you what if you took the chance and said nope you know I'll get uh, D'Angelo Williams I'll get figure it out for the first couple weeks and hold on to Bell, draft Bell. He's definitely paying it off for you.
1: Yeah, I think this is a precedent set right here. If a superstar player like this is uh, set to miss the first three to four games of the season, that should not affect his draft stock. You should take a guy where he's supposed to go, and this is a dream for teams. I heard in one uh, draft he fell to the third round. Nate, how do you fall to the third round if you're Le'Veon Bell when you're only missing three games? Uh, Especially if you're confident in what you do drafting teams, you should be able to um, um, survive those three weeks. And then now you have a, a Le'Veon Bell, who came up huge in the very first week of the fantasy playoffs.
0: Yeah, I have a league, one of my leagues that I made the playoffs. In fact, uh, of my uh, yeah, you tough keeper leagues, you know, you don't want to come out here and say we don't make playoffs. I had the bad beat, I felt, you know, I was, or knocking on the door outside, looking in on a 12-team, four-man team 4 man playoff run i got the bubble but anyways one league i didn't make the playoffs in i got levy bell in the second round at the ninth pick in a 10 team league uh got him so is that the 12th overall and definitely definitely paying off uh in this game 38 carries 236 yards three touchdowns uh in on in the air receiving 62 yards so that's 298 yards for levy bell and Depending on your league, I believe this was the highest fantasy scoring output in the past five years, possibly. Something about
1: like in the playoffs.
0: I'm talking overall. I'm talking. I'm, I'm like 90. Are you talking, okay,
1: because I know Peyton Manning had the seven-touchdown game.
0: Right, and you to only rival that, you would have to have your uh, quarterback. That'd be have to be a six-passing. That'd be a six-touchdown point because the four points don't get you there. And Jamal Charles had a
1: five-touchdown game in the playoffs against the Raiders a few years back. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely one of the very best uh, performances we've seen. Uh, how about Big Ben, though, Nate, in this one? I, we talked about it. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks hurt their teams this this week. You mentioned Drew Brees. Uh, Big Bang goes out there only 220 yards in the air. I know the conditions were horrible. Threw three interceptions, no touchdowns. Uh, that's painful. I mean, do you have to get these quarterbacks out of these snow games? Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers played well.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Just bring it up. We just went through um, a couple of the years past. Uh, I have it dated back to 2012, so past four seasons. Um, Given your quarterback six points per pass, you know touch touchdown. We have Peyton Manning at fifty nine point eight fantasy points, this is the most ever in that game you brought up. We have Jamal Charles second at fifty nine point five point three less than Peyton Manning. Uh, Nick Foles actually had a, also a seven touchdown game with fifty nine point four, but then Le'Veon Bell tied third fifty nine point four fantasy <laughs> fantasy points in a PPR league. Uh, point four off of the what title, you, and point
1: oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Point
0: one off of Jamal Charles. do you have questions? I was just
1: wanting to see if you click on uh, Jamal. What what kind of what what his game looked like?
0: Oh yeah, I got. Uh, so Jamal Charles had um, five touchdowns one day. Like Oakland. Yeah. Five, oh, man, man they four, had 56 points here. He only had 20 ru- r- rushing yards. A ton of receiving yards. He had 195 receiving. had eight. That's where that's where it all came from. So, eight receptions, 195 receiving yards, four receiving touchdowns. Uh, he only had 20 yards on the ground, but he did get in the end zone on the ground as well. On, on, as well and so. if I, rem-
1: I remember this game, Nate, it knocked me out of a Super Bowl uh, contention in one league. Uh, I... I believe he did a lot of that damage in the first half of that game.
0: So of the greats, uh, Le'Veon Bell gets it done. And as you mentioned, weather, all of that uh, was a big part of this game. And not a ton of pretty offense, not a ton of fantasy points. Uh, Le- Antonio Brown still got you five for 78. Uh, you you mentioned Roethlisberger not throwing a touchdown, three picks. Just looking ugly. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, n- nothing special here. McCoy? Getting a touchdown on the ground. Didn't do well, you know, running the ball, but did have six for 81 on the ground. So getting, uh, you're not disappointed if you're a McCoy owner. But pretty much just the two running backs in that game. Uh, Roethlisberger was another one that I'm sure a lot of people started this week. And I don't, I don't know how many winning rosters he was on. That's for sure. Our next game, we got <clears throat> the Denver Broncos, uh, the Tennessee Titans. And if I told you, we knew he was going to struggle. We brought this up. Here's another guy that probably got some guys in the fantasy playoffs. And definitely you couldn't start him this week, which we told you that. But if I told you Marcus Mariota was going to go 6 for 20 for 88 yards, is there any way in hell you would have said the Titans would have won this ball game? <laughs> no way. No way, man. You know the answer to that one. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh, but the Titans got it done Uh 13 13- First uh, half points, and the Denver Broncos didn't score anything until the fourth quarter. Uh, they only got ten. Thirteen to ten, Tennessee Titans holding on to their playoff dreams. Definitely making a push. How do you? I would like to see them over the Texans. How get in. does
1: one team throw for eighty-eight yards, Date, and the other team throws for three hundred and thirty-four, and they don't? He, the quarterback doesn't throw an interception. Oh my goodness! This is uh, well, I,
0: yeah. So you got. Um, if you look at it, it's just one team passed, the other team ran. Obviously, we know the Titans are going to do that. They had 180 rushing yards on the day to Denver's 18, uh, so that was definitely you know if you look at the little scale chart or whatever you want to do, uh, definitely a lot more running for the Titans and a lot more passing for the Broncos. Couple fumbles it
1: looks like for the Dolph or the Broncos on offense.
0: Yes, so, um, uh, Simeon looking better. Uh, definitely getting Demaryius <coughs> Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. You're very pleased if you had either one of those two. Especially in a PPR. Especially in a PPR. If you came out and went Booker still, even with the Justin Forsett, going to split in there. Uh, had some tough luck. Uh, didn't, didn't look pretty. Booker's cooked. I mean, he's just not a viable fantasy option the rest of the way. Yeah, DeMarco Murray on the t- Titans' side of the ball definitely uh, did – did good enough, you know, ninety-two a touchdown. Uh, so you're, you're happy there, but everything else on the Tennessee side of the ball, not pretty.
1: Should we address the elephant in the room or no? What's up, Harry Douglas?
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, it's 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 all silly. It's a trash
1: bag play. Period.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you saw it, there's a diving at um, Talib's knees on the play uh, they definitely had some beef after the game tolib saying that he was gonna go kick his ass you know they got the same agent next time he sees it they're gonna get a fire now, you
1: don't want to mess with Talib. I think he used I uh, got in trouble for shooting at his uh, sister's boyfriend so I mean this guy uh, doesn't shy away from violence not that we condone that here but this is just a trash bag play by Harry Douglas this is a guy thinking that his coaches are gonna watch that tape uh, and somehow say, oh, that guy's playing hard for us. That guy cares. No, uh, you you intentionally tried to hurt a player that was not in the play. Um, this is a trash. I lost so much respect for Harry Douglas, a player I actually really liked before that play.
0: Yeah, so uh, I'm with you there. Uh, <laughs> try not to play dirty out there, guys. NFL players, I know you're listening. Stop playing dirty. Come on. Come on now. Uh, we got another game division matchup here. The Washington Redskins going on the road, getting a victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, twenty-seven to twenty-two. Interesting to me in this game, Kirk Cousins only threw the ball twenty-one times, fourteen for twenty-one, two hundred and thirty-four yards, two touchdowns, a pick, uh, getting it done on the. I mean, they're running the ball a little bit this game, you know. And uh, although the Eagles got a lot more plays off, had a lot more time of possession. Um, yeah, they re- dominated. Red- Redskins Redskins got it done. So uh, well, give me some thoughts for you uh, on this game. Well, Obviously, big plays, big plays. Uh, Deshaun Jackson had the big 80-yard pass. Uh, that's helped, you know, the cause for the Redskins. Did you see him showboat it? Yeah.
1: I wouldn't expect anything less from d, d- Jackson. Oh,
0: spe- back in Philly? Come on. I'm surprised he didn't, like... Uh, Pick up the pylon and run with that too, I, I or something. Hope, I hope that
1: one of these times that someone catches him and.
0: Uh, I'm surprised he didn't go tech mobile. Uh, <laughs> He would the running all the way. Bo Bo Jackson, <laughs> right. just take up the sidelines, turn around. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, now you know it's funny, uh, Washington. Here, uh, it seems like they are committing to Rob Kelly, um, way more than they ever really gave Matt Jones a chance. That. That has got to be something to do with practice, something to do with his work ethic. Uh, I think that's very, that's uh, very disheartening if you uh, do own Matt Jones in a in a dynasty league uh, after maybe hoping that he can win that job back. I don't think that's going to happen, not especially not this season. We'll see what happens in training camp next year. Uh, Pierre Garcon trying to make a push for that last contract. We talked about this, Nate. Uh, him and D both in contract years. Pierre Grosso's really coming through here late in the season. A guy I like a lot, James Crowder, nowhere to be seen in this game. Uh, then have a 33-yard catch, but that was about it. Jordan Reed, nothing, nothing to do about uh, nothing here. Uh, Vernon Davis, same thing. No, no tight end usage on this game. So
0: pretty much just D-Jacks, uh, Pierre Garcon. Maybe you're in a PPR p- league and got Chris Thompson in the ball game. Uh, he got you a touchdown, uh, no catches, which is where he usually does But only 14 completions for Cousins. But, yeah, you mentioned Garcon and you mentioned Jackson on the preview, you know, bringing up the contracts, bringing up the return to Philly. Uh, so that was, that was some good calls. Crowder, maybe Crowder you've been leading on the past couple weeks. Even Jordan Reed's had some big games. Those guys might have let you down if you had them starting. On the Eagles side of the ball, I mean, it's crazy. Carson Wentz can throw 46 times, 32 completions, 314 yards. It's not horrible, but only one touchdown. And no rushing touchdowns on the day. So although, I mean. Big fumble loss too in the red zone in the game. Yeah, uh, Virtually end the game. Yep, big fumble loss for Carson Wentz. So still uh, the Eagles are a team that struggles to put the ball in the end zone. Uh, this is something that we've known. Uh, PPR Leagues, big days from Zach Ertz and Jordan Matthews. Uh, you're, you're happy with that, especially at his urge. Tight end position, 10 for a buck 11. I feel like he did this last year in the playoffs, fantasy playoffs as well.
1: Yeah, he he's a, a target monster, as we've talked about in the past. Um, another guy that you might want to uh, focus in on with the Eagles, I've seen get some good production lately, not a big name. Uh, Trey Burton, the other tight end. He's more of an H-back uh, move tight end. Uh, he's been getting involved in that offense. Not a ton of yards, but a lot of catches. So PPR leagues, he's valuable. Um, I know that I missed the ball earlier in the year. I picked, I picked up Brent Selick for a Money Night game against the Bears, and it was all Trey Burton all the time when Zach Hurts out. So he's a guy you might want to keep an eye on
0: in this offense, especially if Wentz can throw the ball 40, 40 to 50 times a game. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's move on to our next game. We got a <laughs> wet one, a very, very wet one. Uh, 23-26. Miami Dolphins getting a victory here. A much-needed victory. (laughs) But uh, as we mentioned earlier, losing what they feared was possibly the whole season. ACL, MCL, the works. Um, For Ryan Tannehill, their starting quarterback. uh, That was definitely the big blow. Although they got the win, there was a a lot. It wasn't a happy win for Dolphins fans or the Dolphins team. Uh, A wet game, rain, a lot of... (laughs) Silly plays. I saw Carson Palmer go to throw a ball and slip out of his hands. I saw Ryan Tannehill <laughs> throw a screen pass that went, I don't even know how to explain it, 10 yards behind the screen pass. It ended up
1: being like a 17 yard loss. It was,
0: uh, oh, wow. Possibly, quite possibly, the worst throw of the year. Obviously, I know the wet conditions had a lot to do with it. Um, talking about the game, Ryan Tannehill, 15 of 20, three touchdowns. Hundred ninety five yards. You actually called the Kenny Stills. Uh you gave Kenny Stills some love here with the Patrick Peterson, you know, covering other guys. Six for ninety seven here. A touchdown. Uh what give me some some thoughts on this game. Were you surprised by the outcome?
1: Uh maybe not the, I mean I think I might have went in Arizona, but I could see this one going either way, especially with it being in Miami. Uh I think the big news for me in this one. Uh, although he had an all right game, uh, David Johnson let down his owners uh, in the playoffs for the first time in a while, man. This guy's been pretty rock solid, consistent all year long, only 80 yards on the ground, uh, also put one on the ground, fumbling
0: at one time. Only so what, like I said, a wet game, Tannehill fumbled three times, Ajayi fumbled, Landry fumbled. Palmer fumbled three times. Picasso Palmer fumbled three times. Yeah,
1: so not your best performance by David Johnson when you need him the most here uh, on the Miami side of the football. Um, hey, Matt Moore came in. I like Matt Moore, Nate. Maybe a lot more than other people. He came in 3-5, 47 yards. Didn't lose him the game. I think that uh, he can keep them on track for the playoffs um, in these next couple of weeks, especially if Tannehill uh, is, supposed, is supposed to maybe can, uh, make a comeback here in a couple of weeks. I do not, as you mentioned, not turn as AC. I'm going to look at their schedule real quick. All right, got the Jets coming up this week in New York. We're going to both probably pick Miami in that one, aren't we?
0: Okay, so t- Ryan Tannehill has been playing uh, probably, his, in my opinion, his best football over the past six, seven, eight weeks of the season. But let's get real. They're in this position because Jay Ajayi has been playing out of his mind for a stretch. Their defense has been playing well in spots, and we both agree that Adam Gaze is a good coach. Uh, to further your point Matt Moore doesn't mess it up he doesn't go in there and just like if they get away from the game plan they actually might be okay it's been a while since he started started a game you know we'll see but uh they might they might still be able to hold on so like you said the Jets I I would give Dolphins the victory over the Jets
1: yeah they're gonna probably beat the Jets they got
0: Buffalo on the road they
1: got two
0: I give them the I still think they could beat Buffalo I don't got in any Buffalo, issue in that in Buffalo. Especially Buff- you, Buffalo's defense has been terrible. Especially in a
1: wet game, like you were just talking about. We've already seen Miami win a wet game. Uh, they do finish the season against the Patriots. Um, hopefully- Can't get in that. <laughs> that oh, no, hold on one. now, hopefully for Dolphins' sake. <laughs> uh, I believe the Dolphins beat, or did they beat the Pats earlier this year? No, it was the Bills that
0: got the Pats. Oh, okay,
1: okay, okay. So, yeah, that's the game. Uh, Tannehill brought them back. They were down 31 nothing, and then got like 24 unanswered, but still lost. Um, maybe that game means nothing to the Patriots. I know Belichick still likes to play his guys, uh, even though it's the la- uh, final game. But I think he's changed his tune a little bit after we saw the Wes Walker debacle a few years ago when he played him and he got hurt in the last game of the season. I think Belichick might be a little cautious if they already have that seed locked up, uh, the number one seed locked up. They might be able to win it out right here, Nate, and go 11-5. and five. And then maybe get Tannehill you know, back to the playoffs.
0: And the GM for the Cardinals came out. His name slipped in my mind. I can picture him in my head. But his name slipped in my mind. Steve. Yeah. No. Um, he came out and said basically the last few weeks the Cardinals are out of the playoffs. Presumably. You know. Unless some crazy scenarios happen. But uh, he said if you, the guys aren't performing, not out there, giving it 110%, uh, that they will... Uh, They're not going to be on the team next year type of deal. You know one guy that's probably not going to be on the team (laughs) next year? Good chance. I don't know if you saw his little headline. uh, DUI. Cracked for a DUI after the game. A few hours after this loss to the Dolphins. Michael Floyd, wide receiver. Is this a contract year for Michael Floyd? I'm pretty sure it is. Yes, sir. Uh, Definitely uh, his, his third DUI now. He had one previously a handful of years ago. And then back in Notre Dame, had a DUI. Uh, as a collegiate athlete, Michael Floyd not doing himself any favors. We'll see again for the Cardinals. Who, who if anyone, steps up through the last it. final weeks?
1: He got it that night. Yeah. So like they get off the plane because I assume they traveled home.
0: I'm not sure where it was at. I didn't look that up, but yeah, he got it the same night as the loss. Maybe he's
1: had a couple drinks on the plane. Who
0: knows? Who knows? Uh, Carson Palmer. I mean, it was it was. Like, we gotta get out of this game. It was a what game? That was it. Cardinals guys need to step 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 it up. Uh, Vikings and Jaguars, twenty-five to sixteen. Uh, Minnesota. Any thoughts on this game, Dan? Well, I, I do want to. Uh, I thought it was an admirable effort
1: by Jacksonville. They kept this game close for the most part against what I think is a pretty good uh, Minnesota team. But uh, oh, Blake Bortles didn't even play that bad, Nate. Normally, I, I expected a way worse game from Blake Bortles in this one. Um, but, yeah, the, uh, Gus Bradley-Era is about to end. He's about to join Jeff Fisher uh, on the chopping block. Uh, it's unfortunate because I feel like he built a good roster there. And I, th- I feel like someone's going to benefit from that 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 built-up roster at some point. Um, but the Vikings are fighting for their playoff life. They got a big win here. Uh, so we'll, we'll see if Minnesota can keep it going against uh, – you want to segue into your –
0: Colts or no? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I will in a second. I just thought this game was funny. Uh, If you had either of the kickers, uh, this was your your kicker day. Uh, You know, the Vikings let it out. The first quarter? No, uh, (laughs) Kai Forbath uh, opened up the first quarter with two field goals. Uh, The Jaguars answered back in the second quarter with a field goal. Uh, Then the Vikings answered that with a field goal. The Jaguars answered that with two more field goals And then the Vikings came out and opened the second half with a field goal before we saw any touchdowns I thought it was just gonna be field goals back and forth this whole entire game. I was ready for it I'll tell you what Dan. I was ready (laughs) No, I'm kidding Uh, looking at nothing very special out of this game at all Uh, One thing I, I did bring up. I'll give myself a little pat on the back. Why not? I said Adam Thielen and Rudolph might be a little worth a start in deep leagues uh, they did all right. They did all right. I also thought Diggs would do a lot better than he did. But that's all I got for this game. Adam Thielen, Uh underrated little player. I like him. Yeah. Uh, we got the Houston Texans going into Indianapolis and beating them 22 to 17. And I don't even know if I could say the Texans beat the Colts or the Colts beat themselves because they definitely let this one get away from them. They had Andrew Luck through two interceptions basically in his own um, in in his own side of the twenty you know on the Colts side of the field just giving it to the Texans uh throwing some ill advised passes constantly getting while he's getting sacked he had one great catch by TY Hilton where he threw it almost got picked uh but TY got the tip drill but that's where one of his interceptions came uh and then also a Dwayne Allen slip but just Bad turnovers, uh, giving the ball to the... Andrew Luck not playing his best day, and even an okay day, even an above-average day from Andrew Luck, would have got the victory. Didn't happen.
1: Much like uh, the Peyton Manning-led Colts own Houston. I feel like lately Houston has owned the Colts, and especially Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, uh, good games this year have been uh, few and far between, Nate, but he's had two really good games against uh, your Colts. I mean, I think that's the difference. In that this one. Osweiler was horrible again, 13-24, to 24, 147 uh, one pick. Just still handling ruining DeAndre Hopkins' career. Um, that's very unfortunate. But it just seems like Houston's getting it done against your Indianapolis Colts lately, no matter the scenario. The
0: game plan was definitely run the ball and run the ball and run the ball some more. Um, and one big reason. And uh, one guy that we really couldn't afford to lose, uh, although he's past his prime, this lost a step, but still a very good player. DeQuil Jackson, uh, now suspended with the PED. It was a PEDs. I can't remember if it was PEDs or Adderall, because there's a
1: lot of that going around. The Adderall suspensions.
0: But a guy that's very uh, tough for us to uh, replace. I think uh, we have Edwin Jackson and uh, Morrison. Edwin Jackson. Antonio Morrison. I know he's the same as the pitcher, but it's Edwin Jackson. He's a new guy, same as the pitcher. Uh, Number 53. <laughs> that's just a bad omen. Yeah, Moncrief going down in this game, so that's tough for the Colts. Pretty much all they got is luck and T.Y. as far as consistency. Um, Frank Gore getting in the end zone on a little screen pass, so that was nice. But, like, yeah, like you said, Lamar Miller's been getting after him. I think the Colts are going to be easy to run the ball against the next few weeks. I'm not quite sure who's on their schedule, but missing to Hurts. Well, we talked about uh,
1: also Clayton Gathers is out. Uh, I don't know how big he's been, but I feel like he's been a – Reliable
0: tackle source, decent in the box yeah. safety guy. So he comes in there and definitely makes some plays. So that's a good point. Let's move on to our next game. Uh, the Carolina Panthers at home getting a victory over the San Diego Chargers, twenty-eight to sixteen. And boy did they get after Philip Rivers. Um, got a handful of sacks in this game. Uh, one, two, three, four, five sacks in this game. A lot of quarterback hits. Philip Rivers threw three interceptions and fumbled the ball twice. He's got to be up there in turnovers as far as quarterbacks for the year. Um, another big blow injury to the San Diego Chargers team that seems like year after year after year it's the same. Uh, Melvin Gordon leaving leaving this game, and also uh, I saw Joey Bosa. They were fearing concussion, but a neck neck injury of some sort. Um, tough tough year for the Chargers. Definitely tough handful of years for the Chargers. Uh, Panthers defense getting it done for the most part here today. Yeah, it was all about the Carolina
1: defense. It was uh, pretty surprising to me after watching the Seahawks uh, dice them up on Sunday night football, especially on the run. I think Melvin Gordon would have have been in line for a huge game here, especially with Luke Eakley not returning in this one. Uh, Simply got hurt, hurt his hip in this one. That was huge. Phillip Rivers tried to take the game all by himself. Could not do that. Because, uh, I mean, if you look at the Carolina side of the football offensively, they didn't do much either. Uh, Cam Newton was 10-27, of 27, 160. Nate, I know how much you love completion percentage. That's a god-awful completion percentage right there, 10-27. Uh, Jonathan Stewart is not efficient as well, 24-66. So, I mean, it was all about Carolina's defense in this game, and that's about it uh, as far as, uh, you know, fancy football and that goes. Uh, yeah, there's two teams that are reeling right now. Uh, San Diego's really uh, having a, a tough go of it lately. Um, so yeah, I, I was kind of shocked about the way Carolina beat him in this game, especially looking at the offensive stats. But that's the way it goes.
0: Inaccurate, extremely inaccurate. Has a number one wide receiver who can't get separation, and he can't. He doesn't have the accuracy or the anticipation or anything going on to be able to get his number one wide receiver involved at a high rate of pit, you know pace. Just because of sheer mechanics and accuracy What quarterback am I talking about here? you talk talking about right? Or am I talking about Brock Osweiler? Because they're having the same issues here Cam Newton and Brock Osweiler With DeAndre Hopkins and Calvin Benjamin No, I'm not calling Cam Newton Brock Osweiler But if you, you might be able to look at some numbers Squint some eyes and look at the stat lines And if you take away the rushing from Cam Newton Throwing the ball from the waist up who knows?
1: I tell you what, Nate, you brought up a great point there. Uh, one of the biggest traits a quarterback needs is anticipation, especially in the NFL. These uh, passing lanes don't open up like they do in college. Uh, you have to be able to see that where when, a, when a quarterback is face guarding the receiver. You could throw it uh, pretty much into your receiver's left uh, hip pocket or right hip pocket, wherever they are, um, taking the guy that's face guarding your receiver away from the ball. Only one catches the guy. That's an important trait. You have to have It Aaron Rodgers. All the great ones have it. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Russell Wilson. They all have that. Cam Newton does not.
0: On the Chargers side of the ball, Kenneth Farrow, uh, probably if you're still doing pickups in your fantasy league, running back, uh, taking, you know, with Melvin Gordon going out, probably someone that you want to pick up there. Uh, make sure that you get all these guys that are getting injured. Um, who, do we miss And Who else got injured? Is there someone that we could have? I feel like i missed missing one. Maybe it'll pop back from my head. Uh, moving on to the next game. We got the Cincinnati Bengals uh, getting the victory 23 to 10 over the Browns here. And this was one that we thought the Browns might have a chance in, but uh, our, the, the return of RG3 and it was not anything special. 12 for 28, 104 yards an interception. Uh, did have a rushing touchdown, seven for thirty-one, but that didn't help anyone because the chances anyone started RG three is slim to none. So if you're starting anyone, it was probably Terrell Pryor, Gary Barninch maybe Corey Coleman, maybe uh, Isaiah Crowell did okay, ten for buck thirteen.
1: That was uh, that was
0: the highlight. I'm gonna tell you what that Crowell
1: the the Crowell production was pretty surprising. A lot of that came after the first half when they were already down twenty nothing in this game. Uh, They just lost that much confidence in RG3. They they went against uh, normal protocol, Nate, when you're supposed to throw when you're behind. They said no. Our best chance to move the ball is to run. Uh, That's what Corral did. Obviously, it was a little bit too late. Too little, too late. Uh, The Bengals had this one in the bag.
0: Yes, Jeremy Hill with the big day, Dan. I know that had to surprise you. Uh, And uh, me as well. Jeremy Hill has got to be one of the most up-and-down yo-yo-type fantasy players there is out there.
1: I mean, I, I'm not even mad at myself. I mean, the way Jeremy Hill's been playing, his rushing lines have been looking like ESPN documentaries, 30 for 30. I mean, this is what this guy's <laughs> guy been dropping on a daily. He had a good matchup here, he took advantage of it. I, I, I'm going to go look at their schedule. I want to, because this guy, you know, everyone's going to be excited. Oh, Jeremy Hill's back. He's got the job to himself. What's he got going on? He's got Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh? And then Houston. Mm-hmm. And then Baltimore. Don't buy, don't don't buy into Jeremy Hill after this one uh, game against the Browns. Uh, he's not effective. Um, he, he can take advantage, I guess, of a trash Cleveland Browns offense, but that's about it, Nate. We we've seen what he's done recently.
0: Uh, Brandon LaFell, Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. Again, it's just like flipping a quarter. Um, you know, who knows which one? And, I'll, and it's not even flipping. It's flipping a dime. You know, some little less value. So nice. you, you, it's, it's, you you might pick right, but it is so still the, makes, upside, <laughs> the upside. The upside is not overall still there, even if you do. So pick when right.
1: you're making a decision that's less important, you flip a dime. Yeah, I think
0: so. <laughs> yeah. What if it's
1: like a huge decision, like you flip a half dollar, or like <laughs> uh, silver dollars, like a like a If we're going
0: Le'Veon Bell like, versus like, Ezekiel Elliott or David Johnson, we're flipping do- fifty cent pieces. <laughs> that's what we're doing on those ones <laughs> because you can't lose. A.J. Green. <laughs> it was supposed to return to practice, so... We'll, we'll see. If Maybe were. we don't have to
1: flip nothing now.
0: Okay, okay. penny. Move on to our next game, 17-20. to 20, The Detroit Lions <laughs> getting another come-from-behind victory. Uh, but this one was basically because uh, it was self-induced by Matt Stafford throwing a little pick six in the fourth quarter, only to turn around and <laughs> get the run to seal the game. Um, a little injured here for Matt Stafford. Uh, was it a... Hand injury, I believe. I think on this throwing hand too, and he's gonna wear a glove the rest of the year is what I heard. Um, so that that's gonna be a little concerning. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. He definitely had a, a good performance still making his case for his MVP run. Uh, uh, twenty-two or twenty-one for thirty-five, two hundred and twenty three yards touchdown, two interceptions here. Um, running there wasn't much there wasn't much fantasy production. Uh, Maybe in a deep league you started Anquan Bolden and got lucky with the touchdown, but I think Golden Tate probably let you down. Marvin Jones has been letting you down. Maybe you've got Theo Riddick was the surprise scratch of the game for the Lions. Maybe you got Washington in there, but he let you down.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you did not wake up, I mean, it's harder for us over here on the Pacific uh, time. Uh, if, you, yeah, we yeah, if you know what, if you're <laughs> over there
0: on the East Coast, you're not waking yeah, you're up like him. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're good over there. You, you got you to o'clock. get your life together. <laughs> Would that be tough or better to watch games at one?
0: You got to stay games. up la- later. I like you it the way stay up later. Yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I it, I, I did go on a trip a uh, uh, year ago to the Nebraska, Iowa area. That's two two hours behind us. It was a little weird when the the game started. It was baseball season. It's a little bit weird when the games were starting. The Mariners game was starting at, like, 9 o'clock over there. Or, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah
0: nine. 9
1: o'clock. Yeah, so that was a little bit weird. Um, one thing I want to mention about this game, because since we regressed so hard here, Chicago's pass teammate is uh, maybe more impressive than you might think, just thinking about the Bears. They've been getting it done. Uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, going to Chicago this week. I think he'll be fine. He's been, He's red hot right now. But if you do get into your uh, fantasy playoffs or, or, I mean, Super Bowl, or if you're in Nasley and they play weird in their second rounds in, the, in week 16, uh, Kirk Cousins you might consider sitting against the Chicago Bears team the week following. That's not the
0: best uh, matchup.
1: The Bears, be careful who you start against the Bears, especially in that passing
0: game. Now, one thing I do want to mention, Matt Barkley. Uh, another okay game in here not completely falling flat on his face like a lot of quarterbacks did this week and just in general for what we expected out of him i'll tell you what Matt Barkley's probably going to be earn himself a decent little contract as a backup uh you know there's backup's a backups are tough getting a good backup when these quarterbacks go down is a tough thing to do i think that he's played good enough ball you know to be on a 53 man roster. So, Matt Barkley, good work. I got a question for you, cause you uh, Matt Barkley.
1: Is he the best USC quarterback in the league right
0: now? <laughs> oh. Nelson no, Palmer? No comment. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Uh, we got the Jets, uh, 23-17, to getting the victory. This was fun. Over <laughs> the 49ers in uh, San Fran. Uh, both of us actually took San Fran in this game. Uh, it looked like Sam Fran was going to get this done for a long time. 17-3 to three at half. But Bryce Petty coming back, leading the charge. Not really Bryce Petty. Bilal Powell. <laughs> Who would have thought? Uh, Bryce Petty and a Bolal Powell-led Jets team getting a victory this week. Maybe that's what they needed this whole time. I, mean, I watched more of this
1: game than I care to admit. <laughs> but uh, Bryce Petty... Showed some heart, man. This kid fought, uh, fought his heart out in this one. Bill Powell obviously was a big help. But Bryce Petty played a lot better than uh, we probably expected. Uh, he did throw an interception in this game. But 22 for 35 for 257 is not horrible. Um, I mean, especially with the Brandon Marshall. Just a gimpy, uh, worthless. Just go do inside NFL, Brandon Marshall. Uh, Robbie Anderson, man. <laughs> Robbie Anderson's a guy that everybody needs to pay attention to. Uh, Austin Severian Jenkins is getting more involved in that offense. Uh, I've seen him catch a ball and just bulldoze his way to a first down. So, I mean, I like a couple of things the Jets were doing, especially if you look back at the, the last few games, especially your Monday night game against the Colts. Uh, and then the, the Niners, after the first two possessions, I, I think they uh, it was a the, the petty pick set up their first touchdown. After that, uh, it was the Carlos Hyde, Hyde show or nothing. They were putrid on offense. So this game was a little more enjoyable, uh, personally, than I thought it would be. Just seeing Bryce Petty play well, Bill O'Pau, we like him. So, I mean, uh, but, yeah, it was just Carlos Hyde, Bill O'Pau uh, show in this one.
0: Colin Kaepernick remaining down back to earth from his first initial start. You know, first three. Well, he probably should have. Uh, easily into you know no film on him a different kind of element of a quarterback with the running it took a defense a few weeks kind of to see what he is what he's doing what kind of plays they're using with him but the Jets doing a good job here uh, containing him but again it's Carlos Hyde that's it for the 49ers offense and I, I don't I think you can get by with Bilal Powell starting and feel comfortable uh, if Matt Forte remains out I want to ask you a question yeah Bill o
1: Powell, do the Jets just roll into next year with him as their main, their main guy? Or do uh, they, they looked I mean, obviously they're going to look to draft someone, but is he your main guy going to training camp
0: next year? I think that you have to get some, uh, meat and potatoes, 5'10", two, four, to to, uh, to his uh, his fruit salad, or <laughs> I don't know, I don't know exactly. Maybe not fruit salad, but you know what I'm trying to that say.
1: Is, that's a slap in the face okay. to Bill o Powell.
0: I love fruit salad. So I'm not sure I'm not sure about that. Let's move on to our next game. We got the Saints disappointing themselves offensively two weeks in a row, maybe three weeks in a row, but eleven to sixteen. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting a victory here at home, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense has been playing well in the second half of this season. Uh, gimme some thoughts on this game. I want to thank Drew Brees,
1: right now. Uh, if it wasn't for you, Drew, uh, I probably wouldn't be moving on to the second round. Uh, of course, my opponent uh, started you. He started Drew Brees this week, and it was uh, it was just uh, it was a blessing, Nate, because I, I really probably should have lost my matchup. He put up a goose egg for uh, fantasy owners. They cannot get a run game going, or they will not commit to a run game, mate. Uh, you talked about Jay Gruden earlier this year not being able to do that. This is like Sean Payton's uh, following that lead. Only uh, 13 carries between Ingram and Hightower. This is a close game the whole, the whole way. So I don't understand why he couldn't have got the run game going. Uh, Brandon Cooks dropped a big touchdown late, um, late in this game. That might have been a difference. But, uh, uh, hey, Tampa Bay's offense didn't fare so well themselves against the Saints' uh, defense. Winston only 184 yards, no touchdowns. No picks, but uh, Doug Martin not spectacular on the ground. Saved your day with a touchdown. And of course you talked about it earlier. Mike Evans really did nothing in this game, and Kevin Bray, uh, only four for forty seven. So this is just a bad fantasy game for all the way around for both teams.
0: Yeah, Drew Brees, man, it's uh, his past past two weeks, no touchdowns. Six picks. Six interceptions. Um, Drew Brees was averaging uh, depending if uh, well, I'm still on six points per touchdown. He was averaging 28.46 Fancy points per week coming up into the past two weeks where he's combined for 11.4 So in the past two weeks, he's combined for less than half of his normal Single-game output. It's been bad. It's been real bad if you've made it through the Drew Brees um, little blunder here uh, I don't know I don't know but kudos to you and this week at Arizona at the Cardinals Patrick Peterson all that I'm not sure if I'm confident in Drew Brees turning around and just fixing it uh, but we'll see we'll see we'll talk he's
1: got to get in the end zone
0: yeah it's not it's not likely uh, this doesn't happen often let me pretty. ask
1: you a question though uh, how old is Drew Brees It's getting there you see, this is my question.
0: We've seen this before.
1: We've seen Peyton Manning have a dom- an absolute dominant uh, season. It was, uh, I think it was two, year- the year before he retired. And then just played horrible down the stretch. And then that was pretty much the, be- the end. That was the beginning of the end for the Peyton Manning as we know it. Could this be Drew Brees right here? Or is this just a two-game uh, anomaly struggle?
0: I guess uh, two
1: good defenses.
0: Um, I think Breeze still. I don't think he's quite there yet. I'm ready to say more so than Breeze, but maybe a year or two younger than Breeze. But I, I think I'm seeing the end of Eli. I'm seeing the end of Carson, Palmer, Eli Manning. I feel like maybe I'm more so wrong on Eli, but more so than than Drew. Uh, but I, I, I can definitely see where you're going there. Uh, let's move on to our next game. If you're good, yeah. Uh, we got the Falcons pointed on the LA Rams. Beating them so bad that they fired their head coach, as we already got into. 42-14. Uh, well, they were
1: playing a middle school offense.
0: <laughs> as Todd Gurley would put it. And there's not much to debate that. Um, 42-0 in this game. 42 nothing, and what's uh, crazy and bad. Out, I mean, Atlanta offense. Uh, they A lot of short fields. A lot of defensive two... Two defensive touchdowns here for the... Two great
1: defensive touchdowns.
0: Agreed. But uh, Falcons getting easy stuff here. So not a lot of yards, not a lot of fantasy production here. Uh, Freeman owners are disappointed, definitely. Um, Yeah, that's an egg. Did Julio play in this game or no?
1: He was inactive.
0: So we talked about Taylor Gabriel. Um, He did crack off a big 64-yard pass here. And we, we know his speed and anything he could do and just... You know, being electric, but yeah, it was an ugly game from the kickoff they fumbled the kickoff The Rams fumbled the kickoff and put it like on the one yard line for the Falcons here uh, Or the three whatever it was, but it was it was terrible. Is there anything you want to say in this game? No, I mean you've kind of just put it. Uh, you put it well there Nate and I'm ready <laughs> to move on We're moving on to the Seahawks uh getting just beat down ready to move on (laughs) you actually picked the Packers to win this one I thought the Seahawks were going to get exposed in this game but I didn't think the Packers were going to be uh this dominant I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was going to play this much better than Russell where I thought that the Seahawks would still find a way in the cold weather to pound it out especially with what we saw to Thomas Rawls last week still had a decent game 12 for 67 but uh yeah what'd you see man what'd you see
1: I didn't see nothing, Nate. I just saw, um, you know, everybody wants to jump to conclusions, including you. Uh, I think this is just a bump in the road. This means nothing. Seahawks are good to go. Green Bay's probably going to sneak into the playoffs, though. Um, I, I really like what they're doing. I, I, I like what Aaron Rodgers is doing the whole time, and they were everybody was down on Aaron Rodgers when it was really the defense. Aaron Rodgers played great this year, so I mean, if you got Aaron Rodgers, you're happy. Everything's going good. Jordy Nelson's uh, playing spectacular football. Uh, Devontae, a little uh, inconsistent, but he gets it done. And when he gets it done, he does it in a big way, Nate. So, I mean, every all systems go for the, the Packers in this one. And I think the Aaron Rodgers that we've been missing over the last, uh, not even the last, maybe just last year, it's back despite uh, injury. I don't know if we talked about that. Yep. We got a little uh, calf.
0: Hamstring something. Well, he has a
1: calf injury, and he said uh, it was uh, probably caused from him overcompensating for a hamstring injury. So, I don't know that could that could spell no- bad news for the Packers. Although uh, a few years ago, he took him all the way to the NFC Championship game on a bum leg, and he probably should have been in the Super
0: Bowl that year. Yeah, so a uh, tough game for the Seahawks. Very uncharacteristic game for Russell Wilson with the five. Interceptions. Alex Collins even had a, his his fumble kind of just he was just running and his squirts out of his hands. He did get bumped, but it just it was. Uh, he's going to be on the street soon. You yeah. can just continue. The Seahawks are actually. Oh, they signed someone. I'm trying. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. But uh, uncare, like I said, just a game from Russell Wilson you don't normally see. Um, not ev- not all the interceptions were his fault, but did uh, have some bad throws there. Sorry. I found the running back. Kevin Taylor. Kelvin Taylor. A guy that we, Fred Fred we both Taylor's. Kind of like, yeah, Fred Taylor's son. Former five star recruit from back in the day. Where'd he go to college? Uh Florida. Just like his dad. Florida? In- Florida? But,
1: and we were kind of both kind of floored when he did not make the 49ers opening day roster.
0: Yeah, we liked the fit or liked the team, you know, yeah, the running yeah. team. So we'll see maybe he uh gets some care, you get some love one day for the Seahawks. Uh I don't know if you survived starting Russell Wilson here, but if you did uh, I think we can expect anything to get better than what it was here. Uh, we got our next game. We're moving on to Sunday night football. The Giants beating down the Cowboys, division rivals. The, they're not scared of anybody. Year in, year out, the Giants seem to be the team that's able to knock off the top team in the league. Uh, Eli Manning gets it done, uh, getting getting a touchdown. The Giants' only touchdown. Uh, To Odell Beckham, and I don't even know if we can give the credit to Eli or we can just give it to Odell Beckham's flat-out speed and what he can do with the ball Um, Big defensive day for the Giants up front playing physical Uh, Olivier Vernon uh, Playing very well, especially in the absence of JPP stepping up and earning his contract in this game specifically Give me some thoughts. All
1: right, Nate, Nate. I remember going back when we actually picked this game. Uh, I, I'm almost positive I picked the Giants. I like their defense. Uh, you poo-pooed it a little bit when you talked about JPP. But, hey, who needs JPP when you have Romeo Akwara? <laughs> uh, it looks good. Eight tackles in this game, a sack, uh, getting it done. I, look, I love this Giants defense. I think they're going to be – a tough out for anybody in the playoffs, especially if they can get Odell going. Odell, they have no run game, uh, but Odell can tol- uh, can um, fix that in a hurry if you give him on one of them quick quick slants. He is gone, Nate. If he gets loose in that secondary, uh, I think it's funny Dallas uh, already calling for Dak Prescott's head after his second. Oh yeah, year. I mean, uh, I mean, it just I would be embarrassed. If I was a Cowboys fan, and I got to hear this from my uh, fellow Cowboy uh, fans, that's that's just disloyal. I remember they wanted to get rid of Romo once uh, Prescott started killing it in the preseason. They got their wish. Now they're already flip-flopping. That's disgusting. Come on, Cowboy
0: fans. Get it together. Uh, uh, let me ask you a question. Stand by your man. If we're in the playoffs, Dak Prescott finished this game 17-37, 165 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, he did fumble, didn't lose the fumble. Des Bryant, also, I guess, while I'm over here, fumbled in this one, only one reception for 10 yards. But that goes to my point, Des Bryant, the guy you're playing this kind of money to, one reception, 10 yards, did have the fumble. Uh, but it's, if you're in the playoffs, At what is there a point in this game where your offense seemingly can't move, can't do much, uh, besides an early Tyrell Williams touchdown in the first quarter? Terrence. What, yeah, it's You're Terrence. Out a charger guy. excuse me, my bad. Sorry. all right. Um, is there some point in this game where Romo comes off the bench? Do you put him in there? Oh, you know that something something's We're brewing. We're talking playoffs. We, we,
1: you know something's brewing here, and and Dallas doesn't have. Uh, although they almost have the number one seed locked up, Dallas doesn't have the easiest of schedules to go. Uh, they got Tampa Bay on Sunday Night Football this week. They got Detroit. Uh, luckily, both these games are at home. Uh, Detroit and Tampa Bay. None of the Dallas is this, uh, exceptional at home. And then they end the season with Philadelphia. So you know they're getting the number one seed. You know what, probably what it's starting to look like? We're going to see. This was interesting, Nate. We're going to probably see Tony Romo week 17 against Philadelphia for the whole game. I feel like that's very likely. And then if he, oh, they're just and starting he, something there. They're it, just starting yeah. something. Well, what do you do? Oh, if man. you got number one locked up, why do you play Dak Prescott? Why do you play him?
0: That's going to be a storyline. That's going to be the best storyline of week 17. Well, it's, 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 it going to be
1: all about how Jason Garrett handles this situation. Um, we've seen this before. The precedent mm-hmm. has happened. The Bills sat, uh, sat Doug Foody. If you remember that, you remember the, um, the Music City Miracle? Yep. So what had happened was, the week before...
0: See, what had happened was...
1: Buffalo started Rob Johnson over Doug Flutie in a game that didn't matter to them. They were already in the playoffs. They already locked in their seed. Uh, Rob Johnson played well in that game. Garbage game. Garbage time, if you will. Uh, And so they ended up starting Rob Johnson in the playoff game instead of Doug Flutie, the guy who got him there the whole season. Um, Rob Johnson wasn't really the reason why they lost that game. Obviously, it was a miracle. But we could see a certain... thing like this if Romo plays well in Philly that last game if that does happen yeah Nate there's going to be a lot of just fireworks and drama going on in Dallas
0: oh man Uh, let's move on to our Monday night game the New England Patriots putting it on the Baltimore Ravens the score from 30 to 23 it was a close game uh, but not if you uh, it was only close like I said earlier in the show because of some special teams mistakes by uh, Cyrus Jones is that his name I believe you say second round pick yeah Alabama Alabama uh, I, uh, I I'm surprised five five fumbles in nine games. I'm surprised this guy still has a job. Second round pick might be the reason why but we know we know the Patriot way uh, but like I said uh, the reason why the Ravens were in this game Joe Flacco threw 52 times 37 completions 324 yards couple touches. Uh, Tom Brady was pretty much surgical. Uh, 406 yards, three touchdowns. 25 for 38. He's all right. Touchdown. Give me some thoughts. He's all right. 406 yards, three
1: touchdowns. <laughs> hey, come
0: on. Oh, man. I was talking too good about him. I was good. getting a sour, bitter taste in my mouth. A
1: couple things in this one. you got to like what Baltimore's resiliency, resiliency in this game was. They were down 16-0 at one point. They were down 16-3 at, home, uh, at half. Um uh, Uh, Justin Tucker had a throw goal blocked early in this game to even deny them from getting on the board uh, early. Um, So you got to like what the Ravens did down the stretch. That really shows their mettle going into the playoffs. And what I really love is the emergence of Kenneth Dixon. This guy is for real, Nate. I saw him in this game. I know the Patriots don't have the best defense. But when he got hit, he bulldozed his way. He's a little guy, Nate. We looked at him as a pass-catching back. He bulldozed his way through a lot of guys i seen him carry Chris Long, a defensive end, um, you know, through the, through the out-of-bounds. Chris Long was trying to tackle him. He could not bring him down. Very, very, very impressed with Kenneth Dixon. He's a guy you want to own going into the next season. Louisiana Tech, is that right? Absolutely. And you know, when we looked at him, Nate, we looked at him as strictly a pass-catching back, uh, but maybe he's more than that. I mean, maybe he can actually get the ball. He got the ball 11 times this game. Terrence West only two. So that's saying a lot right there. If you're a Terrence West owner, not good. Not good for the rest of this year. At least like Dixon was a man. Um, but yeah, I think even I, going forward, yeah. Yeah, I, Dixon, I think, is more than what we we thought he was, Nate. He, you know, he's 212 pounds. Obviously, you don't want to give this guy 38 carries like you do a Le'Veon Bell. But if you can somehow manage it where it's 10 to 15 carries a game uh, and then give him the ball. He caught eight balls in this game, Nate. Uh, had a fantastic game. I was really impressed with him. Uh, in this game, on the New England side of the ball, LeGarrette Blount really underrated. The only problem with him is he doesn't catch the ball on the backfield, and they have a ton of guys to get the ball. Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan got loose in this game. Uh, long touchdown in this one. And a guy, Malcolm Mitchell, continues yeah. to get better and better every single week. you got to love anybody on the Patriots' offense. Uh, the only problem is uh, some weeks they're going to blow up, maybe some weeks they're not. They, they, they spread the ball around. And so it's a tad bit frustrating. You know Edelman's going to catch a ton of balls, but outside of that, it's tough to pick a guy that's going to do really well.
0: Touching on Kenneth Dixon, yeah, when we brought we're talking about him as a rookie uh, coming into class. We kind of put him in the same category as a Giovanni Bernard, Amir Abdullah, Duke Johnson esque style running backs. But he might, like you said, be on the more upside of the closer to Giovanni Bernard than Amir Abdullah. You know, he might be on the more upside. and might even be able to do just as much as a G.O. Or maybe more. You know, we can see as how his development goes. And I think he's one. Uh, we bring up Bilal Powell and the Jets going into next year. I think the Ravens can go into next season with Kenneth, Kenneth Dixon back there. Um, they don't want somebody else, you know, to even it out. But I think they could feel comfortable with him as one of their main keys to their running back see, team.
1: Yeah, and you brought up a great oh, – I like where you're going with that. See, I want to see the point where – uh, normally when you have these pass catching backs, you always have a um, a big back compliment and normally the big back compliment is the gets the lion share of the carries. I want to see it where the little guy who can make plays gets the lion share you know but not too much you know like a 15 carries and then the compliment only gets like ten carries uh, and see how it does. I think these little guys are really getting the shaft when it comes to that because they don't they don't think they're durable well hey you don't know
0: that they're durable until you give them a chance Nate. Uh, I like it, Dan, and that's what we got. That was our Monday night game of the week. Uh, hopefully everyone made the playoffs, and hopefully everyone made it to round two of the playoffs in your fantasy in your fantasy leagues. We're going to talk about that here in a few days when we preview uh, week 15. Before you bring us home, are we
1: going to talk about Thursday night real quick?
0: Oh, yeah, we kind of forget about that here and there. We can do it quickly. It's not a good game. Uh, Seahawks, right? Is that what? Rams at Seahawks. Yeah, uh, Seahawks, I mean... Um, even with the Earl Thomas Well, this will be a nice game I'll tell you what This will be a nice game for the Seahawks to try some stuff out To kind of get some different things To kind of play with it um, I don't think they're necessarily going to come out and dominate I think they're going to dominate by the score I think at the end of the game You know, who knows, 38 I may not 38, 28 to 10 Somewhere in there This might be the biggest line I've seen all year What is it? 15.
1: 15? C- I said 20-10. I would probably that, take the cover. points the way the Seahawks <laughs> normally play the Rams. I'd probably take the points. But I do think this is going to be a squash game. There's too much
0: turmoil going on
1: with the Rams right now with the coach uh, being fired.
0: Agreed. So I got, I got Seattle. You know that. Yep, I got Seattle too. Uh, usually when a coach gets fired, that means they run the ball the next week. Which right now I think you want to attack the Seahawks through the air or until they figure things out. I think they can. I think they will by playoff time. We know they got a playoff matchup locked up. We're gonna talk about the rest of the next week's games in our upcoming podcast in a few days. Go ahead and check us out on Twitter, Dynasty Site Dan, Dynasty site Nate, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all that good stuff. And uh, good luck round two of the fantasy playoffs.